Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode. Today I'm joined by a special guest, uh, my friend Cam. He has just spent um, some time in Peru in the jungle um, with some plant medicines, sitting with Aya over um, about a week. And today, yeah, we're just going to delve into his experience, talk about plant medicines, journeys, and life. And I hope um, you can learn from this. Welcome, Cam. Cool. All right. Thanks, man. Well, I'm actually not in Peru anymore, just to tell you. I'm actually in um, Denver in Colorado. I left Peru about a week ago um, and did that just in the nick of time because since Biden's come in, he has mandated quarantine for all international travelers. Um, and I got in like a, a couple of days, like literally a couple of days before that happened. So very lucky. I've been very lucky this whole time. Um, I'm from Melbourne, Australia, and I made a call um, and I left. I left the safety of my home, uh, my family, my friends, and I got a travel exemption and I left mid-November in the midst of everything going on. Um, I got a travel exemption. I took off. Um, lots of anxiety, lots of fear, and I took off in the pursuit of something that I've had my eyes set on for the last two years at least. So even though I'm going to be talking about this very special um, eight-day journey that I had um, just in the middle of January, it is a two-year progress um, report, I suppose, for me, a two-year journey. Um, and it's very, very special and dear to me. Um, and it's something I'm very passionate about. So I'm going to do my best to be as much of an open book as possible to give people um, such a good um, introspective viewpoint about the topic that I'll be talking about. So I noticed you didn't mention it. Did you want me to tell them? Or... Yeah, go for it, bro. All right. So plant medicine. Kind of a buzzword, kind of like a, a buzz term, people throwing it around, people understand what it is. Ayahuasca. Um, huge, huge experience and huge, nothing, nothing to sneeze at for sure. Um, two years ago, I understood barely the depth to the intention that I was setting, which was I wanted to leave the safety of my friends and family, I wanted to go to a foreign speaking country. I wanted to talk to the natives, talk to the shamanic practitioners um, and have this tremendously deep personal experience. And um, it's been a fucking wild ride if I can drop the F-bomb over the podcast. Steps. Um, That's all good, man. <laughs> talk about anything you want. Um, so before I, I kick off, I do want to ask you um, – Firstly, what is your understanding of ayahuasca and plant medicine and what is your definition of the word medicine, if that's all right? Yeah. Um, well, personally, I had a two-day ayahuasca ceremony last year. So I've sat with um, a grandmother before. And um, hmm. for me, it was like in more inner work than anything. I didn't experience any um, purging or any physical effects. Yeah. And it was all a lot of just internalizing and pretty much just lying down or sitting up for seven hours straight, yeah. um, facing the thoughts in my head, feeling what's coming up in my body, yeah. 
And personally, I'm not sure whether it was the medicine, but I felt it quite, um, quite passive. And there were times where I was even thinking, am I even on anything? And this is after having about uh, five cups for, for both ceremonies. It took me quite a while to get into the process. But that also could be because I was doing it here in um, Australia and not over in Amazon where it actually comes from. Sure. And, uh, yeah, so my, my experience wasn't anything mind-blowing and life-changing personally, even though I've heard so many stories about it. And that, that's why I was like, oh, we've got to do it. When, it. when the opportunity came, I was like, yep, yeah, all right, going to sit with this and see how it goes. But, yeah, compared to all the other plant medicines, I would say um, – for me personally, my experience, uh, mushrooms was uh, much stronger for me. Yeah. But also, always because of the, the setting, the place, the energy, whatever it is. Absolutely. And um, the term medicine, wait, are you talking about plant medicine or medicine? Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, I feel like they've got such different definitions um, depending if you're coming from an allopathic school of thought or a. Uh, more holistic school of thought I guess so I just when I'm talking about medicine like my, like my experience like I've had some pretty incredible uh, experiences with mushrooms as well man and like this journey like the deeper you go the more you kind of look at things a little bit different and um, medicine is just a word that I feel like can be cleared up so I'm just very curious about like what your definition is like how when you think of that word like what do you think of like what's your understanding Mm. Well, medicine, what I believe it should be is if we're sick or there's something wrong, um, we can take these medicines and it can help us uh, heal. Yeah. And it shouldn't just be like a Band-Aid on the outside, even though that's what some medicines are. It should be going to the root cause and giving us the tools, not doing the work for us, but giving us the tools to actually heal ourselves of whatever we need to be healed from whether it be physical, mental, spiritual, trauma, or anything like that. Absolutely. Yeah, nice. Awesome. So, um, yeah, cool, man. So when I was, um, when I got to um, my, um, my little hut in um, this little village called Enaro Herrera, if I'm pronouncing it right, I went to this place called La Casa del Otorongo, um, and we dieted. Well, I, I was I was the their only participant at the time, um, and I dieted for about four days um, before my first ceremony. And a diet uh, basically removes anything that can stimulate the senses. Um, and so there's no salt, there's no sugar. It's all you know, no added spices, no added flavors. Maybe a little oregano. That was basically it. Um, I was eating like legumes and cabbages and carrots and, you know, some maca. And I was lucky enough to have some pineapple um, in the mornings. So that was my sugar. And um, that was my sweetness. And um, when the shaman came, he asked me why I want to do ayahuasca and um, put me on the spot. I've always, I've, I've always kind of had this understanding or I've grown to have this understanding that when you're doing medicine, you don't have to have something wrong with you. This is my my understanding of it. Like he's like, Shama was asking me um, in Spanish, of course, and I had I had a dude there, uh, Paul, 
translating for me. He was like, well, is there anything wrong with you? Like, do you have, you know, physical, physically, you know, whatever. And I was like, no, 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 no. I just want to connect. I just want to, I just want to connect as deeply as I can to myself, my purpose, my power, my passion, my life, um, the world. I just want to, I just want to connect. Um, and yeah, that was, that was basically my intention walking in. Um, so I, yeah, I like and I appreciate your definition. So thank you for that. Um, so yeah, four days into the diet, get to the, get to the Maloka, which is like this hut kind of contraption that they built. Um, and it's, it's just like, it's in the middle of the jungle, basically. It's, um, no artificial sounds around. You're just immersed in the nature. Uh, sorry, in the sound of nature. You've got frogs and crickets and snakes and monkeys and you know all kinds of stuff going around you. And he's got a single candle lit. And we go around and Shaman's uncle was sitting in ceremony with me and um, drank the cup. And then he blows out the candle and it's pitch black. I didn't, I didn't realize it was going to be such pitch black in that. Like, it's like, he, he told me, he's like, you know, if you see like snakes and stuff, like they're bad energy, just blow them away. And I was shitting myself. I was like, holy cow, two years and I'm shitting myself now. I almost wanted to run for the door. And um, it was a short ceremony. It was about four hours. And took a took a little while for it to work in and I was like my thoughts were just racing and streaming over the last two years and how I had somehow got out of the country and how I somehow got to Peru and I somehow find it found a place that was open and I somehow found a translator for this shaman who somehow I found and I start sinking deeper and deeper and deeper into this medicine and um, I lost myself I completely lost myself and I couldn't like I lost the concept of cam and being human. And I actually I was saying some stuff, but I felt like, have you seen Harry Potter? Yeah, man. Have you seen the set? You know, Aragog, the massive fucking spider with like 12 eyes and massive pincers. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like Aragog. I like, I thought I was Aragog and or, you know, Shelob from Lord of the Rings. Like, I was terrifying. And I was like, I was like, you know, monstrous and disgusting and repulsive. I was repulsed. And um, it took me a, a while. It took me a while before I realized that I was this blighter. Um, and that repulsive nature of it was just me. And... I don't know if you're familiar with Carl Jung by any chance. Yeah, I've, I've listened to some of his stuff and I read some of it yeah. as well. Yeah, so his his work on um, like shadow work and shadow sides and stuff like that, like that part of you that you reject and yeah. you throw away in your high, like that really resonated for me, especially in this moment when I was realizing that the repulsive nature of this spider, of this arachnid, was everything that was me that I had not allowed myself to consciously look at um, and I realized that it's just me and I don't have to be repulsed by me. I imagine giving that spider a little scratch on the head and he wasn't scary anymore. He was adorable 
And um, and then I actually, after that, that like cleared everything up. Like all of a sudden I was like, I wasn't hazy in the medicine. I was clear in the medicine. And, um, I, and then I actually had this vision of, of my partner and she was a spider. And it was like just this massive fucking hairy body with like her face on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized that um, like if I, if I want to be able to connect with her and, and love her properly and fully, then I need to be able to connect and love myself first. And that goes for anyone and anything that you connect to, they realize that I had to connect, like accept, appreciate, love myself first. Now, mm. if you're, oh, this is so awkward. All right, can you give me a sec? Oh. Yeah, sure do. No stress. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> That's all good, man. <laughs> all right, cool. So if you're listening to that and um, this might, you might like think that's pretty basic, you might pretty, think it's pretty simple, you might think it's pretty profound. The reason why that moment was so special for me was because my, I haven't, I haven't been, shit, I haven't always been the best human over the last couple of years and I haven't been exactly the proudest of my actions. Um, there was a lot that happened for me that created a lot of guilt and a lot of shame. And when you're feeling that much guilt and shame and at times self-hatred, um, to be able to realize that you just need to accept yourself was massive, is massive for me. And it's something that I'm able to put into practice every day, every minute. And um, yeah, so that was my first ceremony. And um, I woke up the next day and I was stoked. Like I went straight up to this dude's hand and I shook him and I said, muchas gracias, amigo, gracias. Like I couldn't, couldn't tell him like how happy I was that I had had that experience. And, um, and how much I was just feeling myself open up from that. And, um, yeah, that day was day five of the diet. I was so hungry that day. I thought I was going to jump off the balcony. Um, and, yeah, slept about 11 hours that night um, and then slept really well. And then the next day, next day got into it. And um, day six, day six and day seven, I had my second and third ceremonies. Um, the second ceremony was fucking crazy. Like, I'm not 100% sure if ayahuasca was just fucking with me and was just like, because I've heard, I've heard that people can go, you know, and have ayahuasca and have this, you know, like deeply cleansing medicine, but ayahuasca knows that they're just looking to trip out and they're just looking to like, you know, overload their serotonin or whatever. And so she will distract them with like these visions but just like avoiding the real work the real healing that can come with it um and so this like this this second ceremony was like 
like I was like hysterically laughing. Like I was like rolling around and trying to keep it down, but kind of wasn't. And the stuff that I was seeing was like, I couldn't imagine that actually happening. Like I imagined going home and seeing all the people that I was, that I really, I really care what their opinions are and what they think. And I imagined like them being happy to see me. And I imagined me facing the people that I was more afraid to see and I imagined or vision, whatever, whatever it was, whether it was either or, I don't know. But I know that it makes me want to go home. And when I left home, I didn't know if I wanted to go back home. Um, I'd seen enough of, well, I understand enough of elderhood versus olderhood to, to kind of not want to be home. Um, but this actually made me like kind of amped. It made me want to go back and create community and get past stuff and, and grow as a person and grow individually and grow collectively. Um, but like I said, like, I don't know if I was good as fuck with me. So who knows? I just gotta, I just gotta go home and, um, see what's what. And, um, another thing as well, the medicine between the first and second ceremonies was different. It was a different plant. So ayahuasca is usually a leaf containing DMT and the ayahuasca vine, which makes it orally active. And the first night was what the shaman called uh, yellow ayahuasca. And then the next one, it actually wasn't one leaf. It was three. It was, um, I can't remember the names. But yeah, it's three leaves plus a vine. And it was called black ayahuasca. And about a half cup, just a half cup. Um, each each night um, and then the next night and the third night is where shit really went down um, but it was definitely the most profound experience that I've had um, and I've been blessed and lucky enough to have a few of these experiences that really really changed some stuff around Um so I had a conversation with my partner and it was there's a, there's a reason why you don't like turn phone off and turn uh, turn your phone on in between ceremonies like you want to block outside influences same thing with your food like you want to get as much out of the way of the medicine working through your body and working through blockages and bringing stuff up for your process like you want to get as much out of the way but um, against my better judgment, I had this conversation and it was the kind that left me a lot less sure of myself than what I was leading into it. And um, I went into the ceremony asking the medicine a pretty radical question um, in hindsight. Leading up into that conversation, I was thinking I was done. I was like, I got what I need. I'm stoked, right? But I went into this third ceremony and I was a little bit shook, a little bit rattled and ready to lay it all, all on the line. And I asked them and I said, all or nothing. All literally meaning everything that you can possibly think of um, with my partner or nothing. And, you know, 
saying goodbye. And I expected the medicine to strap some rocket ships onto my feet and send me catapulting into the stratosphere. But that didn't happen. And I started questioning why it didn't happen. And um, I realized, I kind of thought to myself, I was like, well, if it's not everything with this girl, if it's not marriage and kids and a family and settling down, then maybe it's nothing. And that was a devastating thought. And I keeled over, fetal position on my right side, started feeling that, everything to do with that. And then something came up for me, like a voice. And it was like a, like, like, it wasn't my voice. It was like a demonic voice. Like, a, like this, like, a, I can't even do it, right? It was like, no, I won't let it go. And um, for a second, the medicine, like all that feeling of devastation is backed off. And um, I thought that I had done it. I was like, well, that's cool. Like all I needed to do was, was um, just assert what I, what I really wanted. Um, and I thought that I had succeeded. But that's not exactly how it happened. And ayahuasca started putting the pressure on. Um, I had refused to surrender to the medicine and let her work through my body. Um, and I had allowed my ego mind or my smaller self or whatever you want to call it, my mind to take over and start taking the medicine, trying to make the medicine work for me to make, to show me how I could make it work. And, um, while I was doing this, I always was putting the pressure on. Like I was, I was riffing and I was like, I couldn't get comfortable and I was rolling and I couldn't breathe and I wanted to be sick, but I couldn't. And like my temperature is raising and I sat up in like a meditative position and the shaman leaving came over and I didn't even like see him come over. I was so disoriented at the time. And he's, he's got his, um, his rattle his his um, I can't remember what it's called. I looked it up before. Um, Shakapa, Shakapa. It's like a, it's made out of a leaf. Um, and it's like a, it's like a rattle and it's just leaf upon leaf and it just makes that sound and he starts singing uh, Icaros um, you you know Icaros yeah dude yeah. I um, yes yeah, so the songs the shaman sings and it's, in, it's it's meant to speak to like the spirit and soul absolutely the song itself comes from the plant so shamans man when they go and they do their own diets of you know north of 14 days like and they're having nothing like not even fruit they're just having you know, platano, which is like um, far too green banana and fish and, you know, that's all they're eating and medicine. After a couple of weeks, the this the plant starts singing their song through them and they're a conduit. There's a reason why you go to a shaman, right, and not anyone just down the street. Um, and even then, not all shamans are equal, but I'll, I'll definitely talk about that a little bit after this. Um but yeah, he's he's got his rattle and he's singing Icaros and it feels like it, this dude is literally like pulling 
like roaring up some some slime like like venom like you know the spider-man that twisted spider-man mutation doesn't want to leave you it's like he's pulling that and he's singing he's singing he's singing and while he's singing and i'm sitting and i'm going through this and it feels like i'm like a volcano i'm feeling like heating up i feel like he's pulling his thing through the through the crown of my head um i'm realizing different little different memories from the last couple of years of me and this girl um different memories that i definitely wasn't consciously aware of that i'd squashed down that really really show just how neurotic um and toxic um i have been um and how much those parts of me were hurting her and us and others and um Once I realized that and I, my resistance broke, I collapsed and um, I fell forward, nothing left, exhausted. And he stops singing and he gets a bucket of water and he starts putting, um, like it gets like, you know, wets his hands and gets like cups of water and, and like cups it to the side and the back and the top of my head. Not like my face and my forehead or anything, just literally just cooling my entire head. Um, calls me down and I start realizing what it actually means to let go. And it's incredible to look back at that and realize the amount of grief that is that can be released. It was released for me when I just let go of that idea of control, of trying to make something happen that not necessarily should happen. And I just started weeping and grieving and just started losing my shit really. And um, yeah, leaving, leaving comes up to me again. He's, he's got another bucket of water cause he, you know, emptied one trying to cool me down. He's got another one um, and he's calling me down and he's saying, come tranquilo, tranquilo. Um, Tranquilo's direct translation means quiet, I think. Um, but that's, you know, he wasn't telling me to be quiet. like. The real meaning is in the word, like tranquil, 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 tranquil. Can't remember. Can't remember English. Um, but he was meaning like, don't allow this emotion to come in and sweep you off your feet. You know, feel it, feel the emotion without letting it take control of you. Um, and that's a, a word that I still I have been saying to myself. Still, when I feel like my emotions are getting a little bit wild and I'm not. And I'm, I'm losing myself in them. Um, and he goes, Cam, how affecto muchos poco? Um, he's asking me, like, how effective is it? And I say, poco. I just laugh. And he laughs too. And the medicine had completely soothed off at that point. I felt like a fucking roller coaster. Um, in hindsight, looking back and then looking just how much it took for me to relinquish that neurotic control vice grip. Um, and the relief as well is a big thing, the relief that I felt with that releasing, relinquishing of control. And um, fuck. 
that was a that was a heavy session. Like to think back now, um, a, a week, maybe a bit over a week, only a week, and to imagine what kind of implication that can have. So just to give you a bit of an idea now for me, how much, how pivotal that is. Um, I eat my food so much slower, so much more mindfully. I don't walk like a crazy person anymore. I walk slow and joyfully. Um, and it really has just been the whole experience of dieting and, you know, just the way I eat, the, the amount of salt and spices that I need now coming back, the amount of sugar that I need, like it's just completely changed. Um, and that's only a week. And I know that I've said to you in the past that it can take days, weeks, months, and even years to p- fully realize the impression that these plants and that this medicine can have on you, as I'm sure you probably realized with um, your own experiences. Um, yeah, did you want to say anything? Um, yeah, dude, regarding what you just said, um, I'm not sure if you listened to it, but my previous podcast, I was just talking about like the importance of um, integrating all these experiences and all these lessons that we get that we get taught through um, our journeys and plant medicines. Like last year, I was reflecting and um, I had about 50, 50 plant medicine journeys last year. So I was pretty relentless with um, I don't know, feel this um, lifeless feeling. And um, the empty void in, inside, I've been trying to fill it with something, some some kind of sense of meaning and purpose. So I was going crazy last year, just trying everything. And then if it worked a little bit, doing it again and again and again until finally it um, didn't work as well. And I'd find the next thing and just keep doing that. And then um, this year I spoke to some good friends, a good friend, and she just said, you need to um, – integrate it totally because you're building up a lot of homework like all these lessons you're getting shot they're coming through but what's the point of hearing them and not putting them into your life it's just going to build up all this work and it's going to actually add to that emptiness and the anxiety that you're feeling yeah so yeah so i'm like at the moment i'm um well we have for this january at least i'm not doing anything just um yeah just actually staying by myself a lot Mm. Yeah, but um, eventually, do I, I do want to go um, also to Peru and do it properly. I was meant to do that last year, but with COVID, we couldn't go. Yeah, yeah, I got plans to do um, yeah proper proper ayah in the jungle, yeah. and I'm really gonna like dedicate and do it properly, and then um, spend some time in Peru as well after, yeah. and also um, iboga. That's something that's been coming up as well a lot recently. Really. Have you tried a burger before? No, sir. No. I um like my goal for the last two years has been ayahuasca. And um yeah. I think I think it's a very valuable lesson to learn what it sounds like you have learned and learning is that, you know, the experience is one thing, but then what you do with it after is another. And someone that um um what they said in, in another ceremony was at the end of the ceremony they said okay now the real ceremony begins when real life starts the real ceremony begins nothing that you learned here is yours to keep share it 
Um, and yeah, um, what 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 Lieben, um, my ayahuasca shaman said to me um, at the end of my diet was as well like share your experience. Um, and to answer your question, like I I've thought about iboga before, um, and I would love absolutely love to be able to dedicate um, an extended period of time, like you know two years, probably, probably longer, probably more like five. Like I reckon it's going to take me quite a while to properly understand and recognize uh, the little lessons that have been imprinted into me through not just my journey the last couple of years. And that's how you got to look at it. Um, if I, I would love to take like five years learning more about Iboga, learning about the history, the Ibogaine Shamans, where, what, how, maybe talk to more people who have done it themselves. Um, and, yeah, but absolutely, like, I'm, I'm not in a rush to, like, cross them all off the list because I'm sure there's a – like, if anything, like, in the jungle, like, you know, ayahuasca is probably – th- it used to be pretty agey. I think now it's more of a lot more um, well-known. But there's hundreds of plants in the jungle, man. There's hundreds of them. And – this, like you're just going to make sure that you don't – like people want to exploit these resources. People want to get in there with a fucking machete, hack down mm. people's backyards and strip it down um, in the name of science and progression, condense it to pill form, whatever, and they just completely miss out on the experience of going. Like ayahuasca, fuck yeah. But going to see the people – how they live, dude, they don't give a fuck about COVID there. They don't give a fuck. No one's no one's wearing masks. No one's socially distancing. And I had a dude say to me, like, oh, ignorance is crazy. But I'm like, I don't – like, these guys don't have $2 to rub together. Like, they don't have – like, stay inside and what, watch Netflix and get their government funds? They, they fucking starve to death. They're going to – they literally – they have no room to give a fuck about this thing they don't care yeah. and authorities come and tell them to put the face masks on it's irrelevant to them and going there and seeing the way that these guys live and seeing their connection with nature and land and how they view something like COVID um, and how they view something like medicine like I was sitting there with my bowl on my third ceremony Finally, finally ready, finally ready to release that which is making you sick. One of the one of the most annoying um, misconceptions about ayahuasca or plant medicine in general that I see is that people go, "Oh, you, you take that and it makes you sick. It shouldn't be in your body." No, 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 no. It's not making you sick. You're already sick. There's something in you that. It, the medicine is helping you release in the form of emotion or purging or sweating or crying or defecating or whatever it is. It's an opportunity for you to heal something that you might not even know is holding you back from living and loving and being in the way that we as humans are meant to, designed to. And it was really hard to get on that plane, um, come back to America, all places, and Witnessing that disconnect 
on the, the most mass scale that you can probably think of. Witnessing that disconnect after being that closely connected and integrated with the people, the medicine, the jungle, everything. You can really, really feel in that Maloka how nature and the jungle don't give a fuck about you, man. They don't give a fuck. They, they, they would eat you. They don't care. They would eat you alive in one night. And there's like snakes and anacondas and spiders and jaguars. They say that you you see a jaguar, you're dead. Like you, if if you see it, you're gonna die. Like you don't see a jaguar and live. No one's seen the fucking jaguar because everyone who's seen a jaguar died. And it's like it's that radical. And I don't know if my point's even coming across, man. I feel like I'm, I'm losing my shit, rambling a little bit. Um, but what was the question? Ah, I actually forgot the question as well, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, cool. Keep keep going though, man. It's good. Um, absolutely. Like, go to Peru. Go and find your village and find your jungle find or find your part of jungle rather and find your shaman and connect with your shaman learn a little bit of spanish like tranquilo is my favorite word my favorite fucking word that means so fucking much to me have that experience do it and and because it's just is it's, it's just too good it's too fucking good to feel that much to feel that that much of, of every range of spectrum that you can think and um, you gotta be you gotta be careful though. So something that Paul told me on like my second or third day there, Paul was my translator. He was a dude running the cars of Ella Toronto. Um, he was saying like it's a little bit, a little bit like the Wild West out there. Like diff- like shamans, like shamans and you know shamanic families and stuff. They have like like little beef with each other and they fuck with each other. So like. You know, if one if one shaman knows another shaman's holding ceremony, they will send like negative, like little energy bolts um, into your ceremony to kind of fuck with you, and it's not even your negativity. And it's up to that shaman that's holding your ceremony to hold the space down and like protect. And Paul was saying like some people who vis- visually they open up so much, what they all see is like this like this blanket, like this white silver blanket that covers the entire Maloka that stops these bolts coming in. And it's, I know, I know. And here's the last thing that I saw, the last thing that I saw in my third ceremony, my last ceremony, I was looking around, I was soaking it up and I was like, I was, I was, (laughs) I was just looking around and I, I like nearly shit myself. And, um, I see, I see this thing that's on me. Like I'm not imagining, I'm not visualizing. I'm seeing this fucking thing on me, and it's like it's about the size of your palm, and it's sitting on my chest, and I see its outline, and it's it's just like this little, like this tiny little cat, and he's just like swishing his tail, and he's like he's just standing on me, and he's just like this little shadow. And I ask Lieben about him the next day, and he's like, yeah, protection spirits. Like there's heaps of them around. Like he's got cats and pumas and jaguars. Like they're protecting the space from all the, all the all the bad spirits that come in and want to attack you. And I'm like, whoa! And he's like, yeah, it's incredible, but it's real. Like this shit is real. Like there are what we know, what we don't know. Is there is so much more that we don't fucking know. Um. And that instantly made me want to like 
drink again. I wanted to go deeper. I wanted to see more. See like a jaguar running around, fucking fighting off like you know bad snakes and shit. But I was like, whoa, that's it. That's that's <laughs> that's incredible. I thought that's awesome, man. Um, dude, what would be um like the biggest lessons that you personally took away for yourself and things that uh, you'll be able to share with like other people um, to help them in their journey as well? Sure. Um, my biggest lessons from this thing is really hard for me to know myself. Um, ask me again in a couple of months. I think, I think my biggest thing right now is when you're doing this kind of stuff, it's not about control. Um, it's about surrender. And um, you got to let it in. you got to let the medicine in. And one thing I forgot to mention, if you don't mind um, me saying, in, um, for the first four or five days as well, you're also having flower baths. And um, this is like it's water, like with, you know, leaves from a particular plant. And um, I can't remember what it's called. It's like this liquid that shamans have and they pour on you and they spit on you and stuff like this. <laughs> Uh, it's like this, it smells like kind of florally and yeah, it's yeah. got like, like yeah 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 it's, I mean, I got that thing at home yeah, like, yeah exactly um, you're having these flower baths and you're pouring these cups of water and you're spinning from north to south and you're it's pure intention like you're just focusing on your intention but once you get to the medicine you've got to completely let go of what you want to happen and just let the medicine kind of do what it wants. Um, and on my second ceremony, I started seeing these like, like these green like tendrils, like these alien little things like scanning up and down my body. And I kind of shit myself for a second, and I closed up, you know, kind of closed up physically and, and energetically. I was like, I don't know what you guys are, like, you know, um, just this initial split second reaction kind of deal. And then after a while, I was like, okay, all right, I trust, I trust Lieben. I trust my shaman, I trust the medicine going. And now we're just like scanning my body and, you know, like feeling with kind of energy and, you know, I asked Lee and he's like, yeah, they're just, he's like, that's actually from the flower bars. That's actually from connecting with the flower bars. Um, which I, I like, again, it was incredible because it's like, you don't have to ingest, like it really illustrated to me just how the little things matter and how, something as simple as pouring water with intention over your body and washing yourself and allowing it to sink into your skin, how much that actually does. Um, and like, I think I may have said to you in the past, like every little thing that you do, like whether it's, you know, psilocybin, whether it's breath work, meditation, something as, as massive as ayahuasca, Everything can lead you like further. I can give you a little bit. It's not like to me, it's it's not like, oh, you need this because you've got this. Like it just it doesn't, I don't view it that way. It's every little bit has allowed me to go deeper into myself, the truth of myself, the truth of my being, the truth of who I am, the truth of what I'm meant to be doing, like my purpose, my power, my passion, all of this stuff. Has allowed me to be to go deeper into myself. Um, like I've heard people have incredible ayahuasca ceremonies, and I've heard people have 
not so profound ayahuasca ceremonies. And I think it completely depends on the person, where they're at, what they're ready for. You can't rush it. You absolutely cannot rush it. Like there is no way that two people doing ayahuasca at the same time are going to have the same experience. There's no way that people doing mushrooms at the same time are going to have the same experience. They're going to have completely different experiences based on where they're at, what they're ready, what they are ready for. Um, and I just, just while talking about that, I think that is a massively important thing as well, especially with something as, as accessible as mushrooms. It's like you need to be ready to accept and surrender into the experience and allow it to do what it what is there to do. Um, much is such a tricky topic, man. I don't know if you've heard like Terence McKenna and the stoned ape theory, um, how like monkeys would, or, or like before, like, I don't know, Neanderthals maybe before like homo sapiens were evolved, like um, apes would find magic mushrooms on the ground and that would help them like help their brains like develop. Um, I don't know. That's just a random point. But um, does that answer your question, man? Yeah. This would be like the last question, bro. Yeah, but you said you went there. Um, like to find your meaning, uh, purpose, Absolutely. and like find yourself. Um, and so, yeah, did you find that? And um, if so, what is your meaning and purpose in life? Oh man, those those were such like simple, superficial questions, and the answers that I got were so much more deep, deeper, and more meaningful than that. Um, like I, I, you know, I went into the first seminar and asking those questions and I, I had this like realization that I need to fucking love myself despite the shitty things that I've done. And that is what allows me to connect with other people. And that answered my question of like, what, like, like allow me to connect myself deeper. It'll, it answered that question to the 10th degree. And when I went into the second ceremony, um, and I was like, oh, what's my power? What's my purpose? And I saw like all these things of like seeing the people that I'm fucking afraid to see. It had nothing to do with what I was doing for a job, but it had absolutely everything to do with what was holding me back, which was the fear of facing people and facing up to what I'd done and facing up everything. Um, the third ceremony, third ceremony, holy shit. I remember while he was singing his Icarus, and I was like going through all like this like um, like movie scenes in my head of how much my behavior has caused pain to people. I was thinking to myself, I was like, is this what nexicism feels like? Because it feels like he is pulling some deep, dark shit out of me. Does that make sense? Like I went in, I wanted to know my, my purpose and like my passion, what I'm supposed to be doing. And I still don't know. I still don't know 100%. All I know is that I'm ready to go back home. I'm ready to do the things that I'm that scare the shit out of me. And I'm ready to just live. Live, love, learn, laugh. Laugh. So we fucking laugh more. That's my that's what I want to do. I want to laugh more because I haven't laughed like anything in the last couple of years. Um, yeah. And I didn't get an answer if it's going to be all or it's going to be nothing. I just got the answer of just let go. Just let go. Relinquish your holding patterns. Just let 
whatever happens, happen. And the relief that I felt with that and the relief that I felt after seeing those patterns, seeing that blueprint for the pattern since reunion with it, and then letting go of that pattern real time has brought me relief. And, and like I said before, like I'm eating so much slower, I'm sleeping so much deeper, I'm walking so much more mindfully. Um, so I don't know whether it's going to be all or nothing. I just know that. I just know that surrendering to the process, letting go of what I want to happen and just being patient, being present is more important than trying to force an outcome. And I've been here a week and it's been an awesome week. Like it's been an awesome week for Cam to be Cam. Um, And that comes from surrendering. That comes from just letting go. And um, no idea what's going to happen over the next week, next couple of months. Um, no idea. I've got my bought a PlayStation. I've got I've got Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. That's an awesome game. I'm like I'm gonna be doing a lot more of that. I'm gonna be yeah, just eating really good. And um, yeah, really quickly, um, if you or anyone else really wants to listen to a, a good podcast about plant medicines and stuff like like I did three ayahuasca sessions. If you want to be told, if you want to be listening to people with ten years experience in the jungle. Go listen to Birdsong, Birdsong with Kayu Kira, like that in itself, like the couple couple episodes, like 16, I think, 16, 17, and 18, like massively, inf- like not influential, just people with great amounts of compassion and understanding experience. Um, hopefully like you um, and anyone else has like been able to take away a little bit from this conversation. And if you have any more questions, man, ask. All right. Thank you very much, Cam. I appreciate you uh, sharing your experience, dude, and taking the time to be on this podcast. No worries, man. Thanks for allowing me to speak. Thank you for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoyed it, switching things up a bit, um, keeping things yeah, new, interesting, always uh, exploring new horizons, speaking to new people. And I feel that at the moment in life, I'm at a point where I'm back to seeing things in life again for what it is instead of uh, being stuck in my own ways, starting to branch out more, uh, learn from other people, listen more, and back on the path of truly seeking. Uh, I lost my way for quite a bit, to be honest, and I'm not sure if you can tell, but um, I've been having actually trouble speaking and communicating. That's why I haven't been uh, very active on social media or the podcast because I feel like my throat... Uh, it's it's a bit blocked at the moment, and a lot of my power and a lot of yeah my inner strength I haven't been able to fully represent it and communicate with people, so that's caused me to spend a lot of time alone, uh, stuck in thoughts, stuck in my mind. But yeah, at the moment, just working to working to accept it how it is right now, uh, get through it, and come out better and stronger on the other side because it's all it's all part of the lesson, it's all part of the journey. But yeah, anyway, I wish you an amazing week. I appreciate you for listening. Um, If you have any questions or anything, always feel free to shoot me a message. It's a pretty um, 
yeah, it's a pretty tight knit um, community we got here in the podcast, um, social media, and everything. So I take the time to reply to everyone. All right, love you all, and uh, have a great week ahead.